Toy Power Podcast is a free podcast made possible by the support of our awesome Patreon sponsors. Head to toypowerpodcast.com and see how you can help. Welcome to Toy Power, the podcast where we talk toys and everything pop culture. G'day, it is Trent here, and it is fantastic to have you company today for episode two, five, three. This week on Toy Power, we are all about Kickstarters as we take a deep dive into the realm of crowdfunding with toys. We then jump into another installment of the Toy Power Quiz. Joining me today in the Toy Power studio, we've got Ben. G'day, g'day. And Frank. Hello, hello. And joining us all the way from Ottawa, Canada, we've got Mr. Colin Betts. Colin, welcome back to Toy Power. Thank you, it's great to be here. And for this episode, we thought we'd get you involved. And boy, you've delivered the goods with some of the preliminary work you've done here to talk Kickstarters. <laughs> but we're going we're gonna to start off. I know you've got a couple of very, very uh, favorite Kickstarters we're going to talk about or crowdfundings that we're going to go through. One of those being the Robo Skull. But we're going we're gonna to start off. And I know we had our wonderful moment as we were calling. I mean, this is like sporting in toys was watching that um the the sky striker <laughs> in the final hour the uh the excitement of watching those different tiers was was as close as i think you'd get to any sort of olympic sport in terms of toys yeah i'd, I'd agree with that like as much as i love the robo skull and 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 as much as it is my favorite crowdfunding um uh, toy opportunity. I gotta say, going back and forth with you, Trent, over over uh, Facebook Messenger on Sky Striker, and were we gonna hit the tiers, and how close were we gonna get? Like that was it was like harness racing. It was. <laughs> <laughs> it was fantastic. Hey, we're gonna start off with a bit of a, a philosophical discussion, and this is it's it's fascinating because Kickstarters and crowdfunding have always been the niche of the little independent guy, right? The guy that can't doesn't have the big outlay mm-hmm. up front to, you know, mass produce something. So they get a bit of money, money from the crowd and then they kick that in and away they go with their project. But it's equally now being used as a tool from the big companies, particularly Hasbro with their Haslabs and and Mattel, etc. What do we think about this as a concept? Do these guys need to use these Kickstarter or these crowdfunding types of arrangements, or or you know, should this just be the little guy? Should this just be the niche company? What what do we think about that kind of model? Well, I think when it first cropped up with Hasbro in particular, that was the first time you know, biggest toy manufacturer on the planet, and they're basically saying, hey, put down whatever it was for the. Um, I was about to say Razor Crest. No, that sale wasn't sale bars. Yep. Thank you. Uh, put down whatever the hideous cost was, and then maybe it gets made, maybe it doesn't. And we were all just like, "Hang on, you're Hasbro. What is going on here?" And and I think as as they've gone on and done other campaigns, not all of them have been successful, of course, but we've all sort of come to realise that this is them in effect gauging interest right the, yeah. the 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 items they've chosen the sky striker the you know razor crest all these big ticket items you know galactus all this sorts of stuff and it's them saying well before we turn the machine on 
We need to know, is this financially viable? They've already done a lot of their, their renders and their research and all this sorts of stuff by the time we, well, by the time it goes up as a Kickstarter. So this is them going, is this financially viable? And, you know, it's it kind of works. It's, it means you can get those big, massive toys if they ever, heaven help us, if they ever make a USS flag, like if they turn that machine back on again, I think that would get funded in a heartbeat. Oh, yeah, yes, would, yeah. Right? But... You know, it, it, it allows them to go, all right, people want a Sky Striker, but maybe not so much a Cookie Monster and save themselves the financial yeah. embarrassment of that yep. failing. I, I, I know we're talking specifically about Kickstarter, but I want to um, rewind the tape a little bit before sort of I was involved with Kickstarter and things. Right back to the Mattel days where Maddie Collector were crowdfunding the Castle Grayskull and things, you know, yes. will it get it? And so, you know, looking back on that and uh, being, you know, one of the team players that um, made sure that item got through it what it does is create a lot of hype and it creates a lot of media around it that maybe mattel aren't doing it or you know specifically scott nilek and on uh, the the team there but it also makes the fans get involved you know to pump hey every let's get let's all get involved let's you know make our own charts and everything so it creates a bit of hype long after the items actually you know put up on sale it's $350 buy it now done you know and then it's over whereas you know that whole build up yeah yeah, that whole build up for weeks or months in uh, you know the lead up is quite exciting to uh to be involved with. Well, I, think. I remember for the, it was getting towards the end of classics, and they were struggling to hit the numbers they needed to go into production. And they weren't classics wasn't, you know, Kickstarter or crowdfunding per se, but it needed to get a certain amount of subscribers to yep. go ahead. Yeah. And I remember one year it was a great year because it was going to round out a lot of the vintage figures that we had as kids, and and it was struggling, and you had. Actors like Anthony DeLongis, who played Blade in the yeah. 1987 yep. film, coming out wow. and, and being on video going, come on, guys, let's get this happening so they can make <laughs> your Blade action figure. Like, that was the level of kind yeah. of involvement and hype and excitement and energy that, that came. So I think that's a real, real factor. Well, and, and I think there's a, a lot of evolution going on here, right? So I think, I think your point about how Kickstarter seems to be a natural evolution from something like... Um, classics and even uh the dcuc when it when it moved to uh collector's format as a as a monthly subscription and in order for it to continue we needed to have this many subscribers it's a natural evolution from that it's a natural evolution from kickstarter as well because kickstarter started as a bunch of indie places and then has moved into bigger um companies using it as a springboard to bring their merch to market like i look at something like uh, the TMNT Adventure City uh, game, right? And why is IDW using Kickstarter for a for a game for a mass market property that should sell gangbusters at the at the retail? I think it's an evolution of uh, toy makers and um, uh, big companies looking more. Uh, to adult collectors for a bigger percentage of their sales and I think it's also an evolution of the fact that we're we've got less brick and mortar stores now yeah uh, and so you are you are fighting for less space on the toy aisles uh, and you're fighting with bigger companies like Amazon like Walmart uh, and the and Target 
and um, uh, you're fighting um, uh, to get not just that space at retail, but also for the company to have an interest in you because they, you know, if, for a lot of these businesses, toys are loss leaders. Um, it's not about how how much uh, volume we sell. It's that can we bring you in and then sell you something that we're going to make a higher market. Yeah, yeah. D- direct from That's all sort of in the in the mayor. Yeah, direct from manufacturer to consumer, bypassing the any middlemen. Mm. Yeah. yeah, and if you think about it too, right? Like all of that revenue is is going to the manufacturer, right? So when yep. you when you sell a um, a five hundred dollar sale barge, any profits are going straight to Hasbro. There's not any intermediary in there. You know, Target isn't taking their cut, and you don't have to worry about uh, a second set of um, like any secondary distribution on that. It's yep. just you know, mm. uh, manufacturer to to client. Yeah, and, and that's a really interesting one. We talked in our last episode about the problems with you know some of these big distributors getting a bit antsy with mm-hmm. these direct to, to market campaigns. So that that is a, a fascinating little insight into what happens there. What what do we know about how to offer a Kickstarter? Because it's been a bit of a mixed bag. The the we we famously covered. Uh, over a number of episodes of the Rancor debacle hmm. and what were probably some very lackluster stretch goals and comparing that to the the Sky Striker where you're getting, you know, brand new figures popping up and, and really some quite enticing things compared to cardboard cutouts that are that are sort of coming or some very basic bones. Do, do, do these is it is it a case of the the individual teams maybe dropping the ball? Do these go, guys know how to run a good campaign, or are there, is there still a learning process that's going on? Well, I think when you get into it with with Hasbro, there's still a learning curve there. So, I don't think there were any tiers for the sale barge. There there didn't really seem to be tiers in a traditional sense for mm-hmm. Unicron. Um, you got into the tiers with Galactus and with the Sentinel, um, with with subsequent ones. Um, but if you look at something like the Sky Striker, like it was not doing well, and they did sort of a mid uh, a mid campaign course correction where you know you had this cartoon Cobra Commander come in saying we're going to finish this fiasco and adding a bunch more <laughs> figures, but they realized that. Yes what they were offering was not what the marketplace was interested in or they hadn't sold it enough mm. and the sky striker had enough oomph to to put it over the finish line because they brought in things that people were interested in you know that that campaign should have ended up if it had been completely successful to have uh six new o-ring figures um whereas we ended up in the end with um uh, we could have ended up with as many as nine if we had gone the whole way. We ended up with seven at the end. And once you got into the stretch goals, then the price of the Sky Striker dropped, right? So it wasn't $229 for a Sky Striker and two figures. It was suddenly $229 for a Sky Striker and three Cobra figures, and then the two pilots mm. and Scarlet and and ripcord and so the 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 cost of the vehicle itself dropped to under a hundred dollars yes if you start thinking about the figures as 20 or 25 dollars yeah break it down that's great way of uh and when you talk about the rancor you you know you you weren't getting good products right like Mm. nobody wanted those add-ons so there was no drive 
Yep. Yeah, and that and that was really interesting because you said Sky Striker did a course correction. I feel like Star Wars tried to do yep. it right at the end because they realized wasn't going to get the there. figures and the accessories that they put in were not what people wanted. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Where's the Rancor Keeper? <laughs> and they did they did a very last minute ditch effort to bring in the Rancor Keeper. That they didn't even. I think they did. They even have a render. I don't. No, I can't they, remember. It like was it was very it was last basically minute. promised. It was just going to be thrown in. It wasn't yeah. even going to be like a carded figure. It was literally going to be thrown in in a plastic bag. Was my understanding of it. I get the feeling now. Hindsight is a wonderful thing, but like I get the feeling they knew Rancor was going to be in the book of Boba Fett, right? Oh yeah. So they knew this was a item that people would want, but they couldn't spoil book of Boba Fett, so they had to just keep their mouth zipped tight. And I think if they, you know, released it now, now that Book of Boba Fett is finished and they did something around the Book of Boba Fett, you know, releasing a Boba Fett that could actually fit on the top of the Rancor or something, give you some chains or whatever it had, you know, that would be a better seller than the fact that, you know, a movie that's 40 years old, uh, you know, that's the only time we've seen the Rancor on, on screen well, as, you well, know. Yeah. well the Rancor also only needed 500 to get over that finish line right yeah. and and what Trent and I certainly observed with the Sky Striker is once you got over the, the, the finish line Boom. then people started jumping in because we were getting closer to the stretch goals which was making it more economical to to, to do it I, I would I would pivot for a minute like we talk about the Rancor as, as a failure we talk about the problems with the Sky Striker but I look at Unicron like uh, Hasbro had to extend the deadline on that, mm. be- and I think that was because they had so much tooling done on it yep. that they didn't want it to be a wasted effort. So they actually extended the deadline into New York, New York uh, Comic Con because they didn't have the numbers up front. You look at something like the Star Saber, which did fund twenty-seven thousand buyers. They wanted eleven thousand to get over the first tier, but if you look at their stretch goals, the first one was. The, the blaster, well, that should have been the initial offering. The second one was a stand. Well, I mean, I'm not going to jump in on a figure because <laughs> it's got a, a stand. And then the third one was two mini cons, which were just simple repaints, and a shield, which, again, should have come yeah, with the original shield. release. So there's none of this innovation in terms of what kind of uh, stretch goals you can you can bring into it whereas you know you come over to something on kickstarter like the robo skull where you know up front they had a lower um cash threshold to to put themselves over but every time you turned around they were releasing a stretch goal there were there were 12 by the end of it uh if you bought one of their all-in-one packages you were getting something like um uh, six four-inch figures, three s- six-inch figures, and uh, and an O-ring figure, plus the two Robo Skulls, plus these little mechanical droids, and that armor piece, and this uh, information hardcover book, and this stand, and mm. these decals. Wow! Yeah. Like the the the, the list of things that I have coming to me in the mail from that campaign um, is incredible. And it kept spurring. So every time you got over a a stretch goal, you could then buy that stretch goal if you hadn't if you hadn't picked it up anyway as part of your all in one package. And so the there's not just the figures that you get as part of the all in one. There's also the the add ons. And now they're doing a a, a back end 
kit, which is uh, which is uh, available until the end of April. So if you haven't got a RoboSkull and you want one to go with your Sky Striker Trent, now's uh, <laughs> the time to do it. But you can also get all these other characters that they didn't even bring into that, and yeah. they're uh, it, it's phenomenal. Do it's you like, think just just quickly? Do you think? Your RoboSkull is an independent company, right, that doesn't have – and I know it's leveraging off the universe, but yeah. it's an indie company. Do you think Hasbro, and particularly with Star Wars and maybe things like Transformers, they've re- they rested on their laurels a bit and thought, well, we own yeah. – we're part of these huge global entities, these big franchises that are hot – we can we can be a bit a bit lazy or be a bit not you know not push the envelope and they they've paid the price. Whereas Roboscale has no option; they yeah, have to go big. They have to yeah. right to 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 make a mark and to get the interest. And, and to me, there's a bit of a difference in, t- in terms of just the the underlying attitude that drives the campaign. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I think that's true, and I think you see it in some of the other Kickstarters that have that have either fully funded or haven't funded. Uh, I always think about a a line called Lost Protectors from around 2015, um, which was done by a former Hasbro employee under a company name called Play uh, Play With Us 2. And it was six inch modular figures with a companion robot that was supposed to emulate the old pretenders, right? Mm -hmm. And they were about $55 US a piece. So it was a pretty high price point. They were kind of neat looking figures. Um, and they were about, uh, they got about 71,000 backers, but they needed about 80,000 to go forward or mm-hmm. uh, $80,000 to go forward. So it it crapped out. Uh, they, they tried it again six week, six months later. In that case, they lowered the price point, went with, classic style pretenders, so versions of Grimlock, versions of Starscream, left out the companions. Uh, the figures would have been about $35 a piece, and they only made about half their half their goal, so it, it folded. So this was a completely unsuccessful Kickstarter, but it was building off of the uh, an existing um, uh, mythos um, that they had uh, that they brought over, albeit not the same company. Um, but for whatever reason, they they um, they they completely missed the mark. Um, right. I think mm. Robo Skull sort of caught people's imagination, and it yeah. and it it was like a snowball. It, it picked up as it was rolling down the hill, and and something like Lost Protectors just just didn't just didn't hit because of the yeah. price point, because of what it was, because it was what people wanted in that in that sort of scale, whatever. Yeah. So we're going to mention RoboSkull a lot. Can you give us the couple of minute version of why this item is so significant, the history of it? and What is a RoboSkull? Yeah, and it obviously fits in with G.I. Joe. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it goes back to Action Force, which was... Um, so when G.I. Joe was relaunched in North America and and more globally by Hasbro, um, Palatoy um, had done a concurrent uh, launch of their um, of their Action Man series in the three and three quarter inch scale and they called it Action Force and they started as five POA figures and they evolved into um, using a lot of the G.I. Joe molds for their vehicles and for their 
their figures. Uh, a lot of that stuff is is commanding pretty high resale value. And Palatoy uh, was using licensed molds from from Hasbro. Like I said, in a lot of cases, they were creating some some new uh, some new uh, sculpts for figures, particularly at the front end of this. Um, and so they were creating this villainous line. And when they um, they needed to, to round it out with some with some uh, some vehicles. So they created this thing called the Robo Skull, which is basically a Tie Fighter with a skull in the middle of it. Love it. Sold. Sold. <laughs> so where can I get one? Yeah. <laughs> so this was actually a physical released product. Yep. That's, that's right. And it's such a weird looking thing. Um, and uh, it it was released for a couple years in in the UK, and then uh, Palatoy closed its doors. Hasbro set up its own offices in the uk they started um doing uh, gi joe under the action force na- um brand but it was basically just gi joe produced in uh, in um, in the united kingdom um and it just sort of lived in uk fans uh imagination for nice. 40 mm. years do you have a robo skull a vintage one no, no, I was not really into Action Force right. until very recently because I was never a fan of five POA figures. Of course, yeah. Yep. Um, yep. So I had one or two of the repainted Hasbro figures in my collection, um, and then the pandemic happened, and I sort of hit key saturation on my Transformer collection and said, "Okay, what else is out there?" Oh, I'll get back into GI Joe. That got me into Action Force, and then I started falling in love with all these, a lot of these. Um, um, characters and vehicles and whatnot. Um, I still don't have a, an original Robo Skull, so this sort of popped up on my radar um, because of the way they did the campaign. So the company is called Skeletron, um, and what they did is rather than hit the ground with, you know, here's your Kickstarter, you know, pick the tier you want and and send us your money. They did a whole social media campaign through Instagram. Um, and with a number of friendly podcasts where they promoted the item, said it's coming, got people salivating for it with all these, you know, sneak peek images and where it was coming from. So that when it did drop in in middle of the fall, uh, you had this word of mouth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Cool. Yep. So so when it dropped and it's completely redesigned, um, one of the great innovations with the RoboSkull is that it's not just compatible with four inch or three and three quarter inch figures it's compatible with six inches yeah well. that incredible. blows my mind so good. that's just yeah. innovation genius yeah so you get you get both you get both um fan bases going on it uh it funded in again the 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 funding minimum was something in the vicinity of the high uh five digits but it funded in completely in uh 100 minutes uh, oh wow! Stretch goals in the first nine hours. Yeah, nine crazy. Hours. Uh, and it ended with six hundred thousand uh, dollars in backing and fifteen hundred uh, individual backers. Um, and they just kept adding to this all in one. So if you if you were the, I think one of the first two hundred who did the all in one, it was four hundred and forty dollars US 
for two robo skulls. Now, this is a, a vehicle that's going to be the same size as Sky Striker. So you're getting two of them for about the same price as Sky Striker, mm. plus all of these add ons. Um, and then it went up from there. The next one, when I bought in, it was uh, $455. It then went to $480, uh, $519, and, and eventually at $575. And, and all of those tiers um, uh, sold out. Wow. So people still saw it as a deal even at $575 wow. for everything they were getting. Yeah. That's crazy. And this is this is a nice segue because your your appeal a Kickstarter is only going to work or crowdfunding is only going to work if people think they're getting value for money in today's dollars, right? So if they think, you know, the price of this is is worth what I'm getting. But you've gone away and done a bit of research on how lucrative a, a, a crowdfunded <laughs> item can be going on. And now something in the toy toy industry that is not really well known or really well, well released because it's proprietary is production numbers. So we very, we very rarely get production numbers, mm. but Kickstarters are beautiful because they give us the actual, yeah. they're not, they're not scared to share production numbers they, because they it's those numbers by yeah. definition. It's, it's uh, how it's, it works. So I'm, I'm going to start on this one here because this is fascinating. We all know, I, I think, uh, Jay and Rob season two of Action Figure Adventure does feature a Jabba's sail bar barge as one of their auction yeah. items, which is very exciting. To go back, this was the very first HasLab Kickstarter. Its retail price back then was four hundred ninety nine dollars US. They they got I think eight hundred uh, sorry eight thousand eight hundred and ten backers. They needed five thousand, so not quite double, but but a pretty good response. Today, if you want to get it, eBay prices have been showing between two thousand eight hundred and fifty US to three thousand eight hundred US plus add on about a hundred bucks shipping. Um, uh, so it's it's not a cheap item to yeah. get in retrospect. So I, I think we, we do you want to touch on a few more of these numbers? These are fascinating to think through. How did Unicron go? Sure. So Unicron was uh, five hundred and seventy-five dollars. Um, you know, it was uh, eleven thousand two hundred backers over the uh, the needed eight thousand backers. Um, you know, uh, in the last three months of, of these are just eBay numbers, right? Uh, you're looking at sort of in the vicinity of fifteen hundred to eighteen hundred dollars US before shipping mm. for this. So you are basically tripling your money on it. Um, and again, this is an item that uh, you can't even get into some of your cars, right? <laughs> yeah, it's really yeah. hard I, to ship this thing. I struggled with that. <laughs> uh, even even the you know the guy said he goes, "Oh, you got a trolley?" And I'm like, oh, "I'm I'm I'm a tough guy. I can I can lift the box." It wasn't the weight; it was the sheer dimensions of it. This carrying this cartoonishly large box out in front of me uh, just to get it into the car was um, was quite the, quite the task. Um, I probably shouldn't say this on something that is going to be listened to internationally, but I'm not a tall, tall person. I'm only five foot five, and I can fit in that. Box. <laughs> <laughs> box. I'll drink to that, Colin. <laughs> yeah. As long as when you get in the box and you close the lid, you just start speaking in an Orson Welles voice. Yeah, that yeah, would be yeah. amazing. <laughs> I, I knew <laughs> Um, th this is great. I want to touch on one more that you've got down here, Colin. Is the Razor Crest, and and the reason is I've got I've got the person that didn't jump into a Kickstarter envy at the moment mm. because I'm seeing all these beautiful looking Razor Crest showing up in people's collection, and it's one thing to see the renders. 
but it's another thing to see a fully formed plastic model of these these toys. The Razor Crest needed 6,000 backers and it came at the height of Mandalorian fever when that ship mm-hmm. was non-blown up or <laughs> shortly got <laughs> blown up piece. afterwards. Yep. 28,000 backers. So, I mean, that's that just romped it in, right? And makes makes $10 million, right? <sighs> Just before we go to the rest of those numbers, right? Just a point about timing. Yes, that I think beautiful timing. Exactly, the timing the of peak, the Razor pinnacle. Crest was perfect. And to Ben's point earlier, <laughs> can you imagine the Rancor? Yeah. If and you know the course corrects uh, a bit more closer to what the Sky Striker did, but if the end of the Rancor happened, say now, now. like a week after, yep. you know, uh, Boba Fett has finished, and you've just seen the, what we saw in the finale. Yep. Can you imagine those numbers would just be this massive uptick? I would have thought end. it'd be a massive, you know, massive. And, and you would think with yeah. Hasbro, they 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 knew the Rancor was coming. There should be enough cross cross company communication to say this is coming. If you start your campaign here, yep. it's going to end Hold after off. this big yeah. Like it just makes so much sense. And the Razor Crest is a wonderful example of timing done right, yeah. and it yep. made a financial difference. I would fight anyone yeah. that said the uh, stretch goal of a Danny, Danny Trio is <laughs> is a wrong idea. Yeah, uh, I, they're, they're in trouble. Yeah, so, include yeah. him, hundred yeah. percent. Well, and that's and that's a really great point too. When you talk about timing, because there was another factor going on here too, which is that Hasbro had three Kickstarters going at the same time. Yes, they had exactly. The Fast, exactly. They had the Sky Striker. They had the Rancor. And most of us have overlapping collections, yeah. right? So for me, I don't collect Star Wars, or, uh, other than a few Mandalorian figures here and there. I don't collect. Um, Ghostbusters. So for me, it's very easy. I can sink my money in there. But but there are people who are like, yeah. you know, what am I going to do here? So if if you're a big Star Wars collector, you've already got a couple of Rancors. If you're a GI Joe collector, you surely have a vintage Sky Striker somewhere or three. <laughs> but you probably don't have a vintage style. Uh, proton pack, and that's so that would be the first one you jumped yes. on. Yes, and yep. those, I mean, the proton pack was done like two weeks into it, and it's you know. Uh, the numbers were 21,000 um, backers um, and they needed seven to go forward, right? Jeez. But it was it was blown away and and, and it was very uh, very um, uh, very evident that we were going to get the proton pack right off the back, even though the stretch goals were not all that interesting. But, but also that also ties in with the great movie of Afterlife. You know, Afterlife yep. comes out, it's proven Time. to be, you know, a great film, and then bang, here's the proton pack. And there really isn't that much proper no. high-end Ghostbusters stuff. Like, mm. I mean, you've got a few action figures and things, but, like, let's be honest, it's the same characters rehashed and rejigged yeah. over and over again. And then all of a sudden you're offering the wider community a chance to buy a prop replica proton pack without spending 10 grand on a, yeah. you know, film accurate custom made one to make your own because yeah. a lot of ghostbusters fans are cosplayers that's right so that's right what is even better than okay now i can take an actual proton pack and i can throw together the uniform and i can go off and be a ghostbuster at the local con yeah. in the way that the 501st uh does their um 
does does their cosplay. Hundred percent. Yeah. So I think that's again timing. So yeah. No. Very well said. I'll round out with the, this razor crest. If you want a razor crest today, <laughs> um, you're going to be shelling out at least a thousand dollars US. So that's mm. triple what it cost to get it under the Kickstarter, and it's gone as high as almost fifteen hundred US. Um, so the really interesting point about if if you're on the fence on a Kickstarter and you've got the money to sink into it, at worst case, you can sell and maybe sometimes, you know, triple triple your money uh, at worst. I've also seen a lot of people say with the Sky Striker, people might want to keep the Sky Striker and sell off the figures or vice versa. Yeah. And I think yep. you do pretty well. You, sometimes you can almost Make your money maybe back. fund the item yep. with the stretch goal. We've seen that at the moment yeah. with Sentinels being sort of, you know, delivered recently to people and they're going, I don't want these, you know, three little regular size Marvel Legends figures and they're making their money back because that's the only way you can get a... Um, Whatever the figures are, I forget at the moment. Well, um, and you're well, going to see, yeah, Bastion, Bastion. Went for 115 dollars on eBay. Yeah, uh, just uh, just Thursday. Exactly, um, and and we're going to see the we're going to see the same thing with Galactus. You're going to see people who love their Galactus, but they don't care about you know uh, the I can't even remember half their names. I know there's Silver Surfer in there. Uh, is it Nova? No, Frankie. That's the one, yeah, Frankie Ray. Frankie, um, uh, yeah, I, yeah, you can see people who go, "That's too deep a cut for me." Sell it. Oh, geez, here's two hundred bucks back. Yeah. You beauty, like, yeah. So that's how we justify it to our significant others. Is that right? We go, "Hey, this is an investment, baby. This toy's going to pay for itself." Yeah. Well, <laughs> I literally said that uh, when I was doing up the research. Hey, this is going to this is going to cover. This is why I bought two Sky. <laughs> And the Sky Striker, I mean, it hasn't even hit yet. And there was at least one pre-sale on eBay. Um, you know, the Sky Striker was two hundred and thirty all in, and this uh, pre-sale sold for four fifty. So it's already, yeah, yeah right. um, it's already basically doubled. And it's you don't even have it for another year. This is like the option market of toys. <laughs> <laughs> it's fantastic. Final question on Kickstarters. What have we gone in on, right? So, what have you 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 backed? Uh, and I've had a few, I've had a few books that we we all we oh, don't yes. talk about the uh, the turtle guide that never happened, because um, that's money that you've just lost because that was actually Kickstarter and a bit of shonky stuff. But but have you been? What have you gone in on, and what have you been? What have you loved? I know I can see Unicron right here in front of me. Uh, have there been any disappointments with Kickstarters? What's the general vibe with with how the experience has been for you guys? I've I've gone in on the Jay and Rob's uh, items, and uh, that was awesome to uh, unlock the special tiers that we got to see all the behind the scenes uh, yep. videos and things well before the Action DVD. Adventure you're talking. Yeah, yep. sorry, I should have said that. Yeah, uh, well before the actual physical DVD arrived, and that was so exciting to have early access to watch that whole series uh you know and watch it as it sort of came out and feel the you know the rolling movement of the show uh each week and whatnot i, I really was invested in that and i'm so happy i went in that and i'll um, you know backed quite a few of his uh, items like um you know the uh Power of Grayskull and mm-hmm. uh, the the documentary of Grayskull and the new one um, with James. What's that one called? Yep, the, the faking filmation. Faking filmation. So very exciting for that. Uh, and obviously no disappointment. They they yeah. were wonderful products. Uh, yeah. Jane Rob always do a, a fantastic job. Yeah. Yep. 
Ben, did you did you jump in on the Kickstarter for the three and three quarter inch sector slime? No, I wanted to, but because there were no beasts uh, lined up, right. I never uh, jumped in. And I just, I had, I was trying, still at that stage, I was trying to finish off my vintage collection, like missing a weapon here. I'm still missing a couple of wings from some of my insects, so I left that uh, because I I wanted to make sure my original line was done first and the beasts are a big part of the sectors yeah. so i whilst the figures were awesome i i didn't think it was a complete uh you know uh, offering if you get my yeah gist yeah. Mm. yeah well i mean as uh, has been pointed out i went in on unicron that was my first big uh toy kickstarter um of you know that famous book that trent alluded to there was that one of course um I don't think I've done a whole lot of Kickstarter. I think that being... I had a friend of mine who was into the Warhammer stuff and there was a lot of sort of third-party Kickstarter stuff with that and he would tell me some horror stories of, you know, they paid all this money and then it would be six months before they heard an update, not even a, a shipping of the product. And he, you know kind of turned me off kickstarters uh for a long time there uh and i think you know as much as we've talked about they have lessons to learn and stuff with a company the size of hasbro if it meets those goals like it's gonna get made you're oh, yeah. gonna get your product you're get right it. there's yeah. no riding off into the sunset with your money sort of thing so there is that added sense of security um as far as disappointments unicron is just still one of, one of my favorite yeah. figures of all time it's, it's huge detailed and i just you know it's your eyes are drawn to it as soon as you walk in the room so definitely no complaints and looking forward to seeing galactus go just a little bit taller just because uh, cause he's got that funny helmet. <laughs> <laughs> Toys that time forgot as well. That's another one. Yes, mm-hmm. yep, yep. I, I love the work Blake Wright does with his Toys that time forgot. Um, he's fantastic. Again, it's a hard market at the moment with COVID and shipping and manufacturing. And I feel for anyone that is is you know trying to get product out in these times. Blake's had a few delays with Volume Three, but I have no doubt uh, that'll come out. And looking forward to the new magazine from him as well. Uh, Colin, do you have any thoughts on your Kickstarter experiences? Well, yeah, like I I fell into Kickstarter uh, because of this, which is the Action ah, Force Palatoy yes. Collector's Guide, uh, which was which was funded by Kickstarter about six years ago, and which I did a little bit of photo editing on. So there's a cre- my credit on the back. So, oh, fantastic! Nice one, uh, awesome. Yeah, and so that got me into sort of that um, that uh, that idea of collecting. Um, I've done a lot of things like there's a. Um, uh, Action Force, the Battle Gears, which was a hardcover uh, pictorial. Uh, there's the Art of GI Joe, which was a series of six uh, thinner magazines um, that does all of the vintage artwork um, and that supports uh, 3D Joes. Oh, uh, and beautiful. in fact, they yep. just wrapped up a very successful Kickstarter for a 400 plus page hardcover of all the art with a bunch of new posters. And I think it went. I think it went like a half a million dollars uh, in support. So uh, I did faking filmation primarily because of you guys. Actually, that sort of oh, turned me well. on to it, mm-hmm. and, and um, was very excited. I'm very excited about that one. Yep. Um, Transformers Cybertronic Spree did a yes um, their version of the 1986 Transformer the album. album. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That was that was a lot of fun to support. Um, and then of course the the Robo Skull and and 
all of the sundry that is that has come with that. So yeah, I yeah. probably ended up spending like eleven hundred dollars US on all the various aspects of the RoboScope. <laughs> <laughs> you know, pretty good for an item that's only two hundred dollars. That's fantastic. The They've done their job. Hasbro can can hire a few of the RoboScope team for their uh, their Star Wars. Yeah panel <laughs> i don't think we can um you know finish off this conversation without how awesome the four horsemen have yeah. used kickstarter as their platform to launch mythic legions into yeah. the stratosphere 100%. and yes. go on to the um what's cosmic legions as well there's well, they've now got their hype. own their own con around yeah pretty legions. much yeah, yeah well they do yes mm. so yeah. there's a big hype around that and um just you know i'd i'd have them i'd be a, a, a backer as well if it wasn't for uh, damn, you know, reality and funds and <laughs> needing to put food on the table. Being and, uh, on the wrong, wrong side of that currency conversion. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so good luck to oh, uh, yes, to that, them. That currency conversion plus the 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 factor of shipping. Yeah, yeah. Right? like I I got into that a little bit uh, last night. There was um, a San Diego Comic Con exclusive uh, by Gentle Giants. It was the um, the twelve inch Grunt figure. Uh, for G.I. Joe uh, and I've been wanting it for some time and and it popped up and I was able to negotiate it for $210 US and I still keep thinking in my head that oh it's $210 Canadian and there's a huge difference <laughs> uh -oh. between yes. like 210 <laughs> is about 260 270 um, Canadian hmm. and then there was shipping and then there was duties and by the end of it I think I ended up spending something like 350 or $400 Oof. on this item which is it, it sort of blew the budget yeah, on it. Yeah. So it, yeah. it sort of made it a little less um, uh, exciting for me when you, when you see the actual cost. Yeah, yeah 100%. Yeah. All righty. We're going to move on to our next topic. Riddle me this. Riddle me that. Time to start thinking because the quiz master's back. Alrighty, so we're jumping into a quiz and this is one that Colin has devised for us. I'm expecting this to be in the the difficult category. Oh yeah. So so get Where your, get your thinking caps on, put on your uh what is it? Um what's the guy from the cops? The the cops. Oh with the, the brain dome. Yeah, he's got the brain in the dome. I think I need and one the of those. Monkey? Doctor yeah. something or other. <laughs> yeah, Doctor Doctor Mindbender. He's a, a GI Joe. <laughs> All right, Colin, talk us through this as far as a format. How are we how are we doing this? How am I winning this in other words? <laughs> <laughs> well, we're gonna we're gonna do the question and whoever buzzes in fastest will get the uh will get the um um the, the price answer. yep, sure. yep. If okay you get it wrong then it then it opens back up to everybody else cool. uh it'll be one point per question there's 12 questions and then there's a tiebreaker at the end yep cool all right let's go all right so first question is what is the name of the sector's home planet <laughs> This one's tailor-made for you, oh, Ben. Oh, man, I've read the comics once, and that was a few years ago. So, uh, Do we I, get points for creative answers? I think it's going to have to be creative answers. I'm going Ben for Sectoria. <laughs> uh, Frank will say... terrible. <laughs> I'm going to go the, the Beehive. <laughs> I don't know what's worth. <laughs> a lot riding on this answer. <laughs> um, Buggy McBugface. I'm actually 
actually going to give half a point to Frank because the playset was called The Hive. Hive. And it is called Symbion. Oh, Symbi- no, of course, okay. the, the what yep. is it? The heroes of Symbian, or it's a yep. catchphrase. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. Okay, good one. <laughs> yeah. After seven years, Toyfinity surrendered its license to what 1980s toy line to Nacelle? <sighs> oh. I was reading something about Nacelle yep. recently. They're always in the press. Yeah. Nacelle. Uh, okay. Uh, Brian- ben for Silverhawks. Nope. Oh, Silverhawks is LJN, wasn't it? Yeah, but the 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 um, company Nacelle is um, uh, part of the. Oh, I'm trying yes, to yes, think yes. what uh, Nacelle has got under their banner now, and I can picture they've got a, a robot in their toy line. I can't think of the name of it. Robot, Cause, cause, um, like robot Brian, face. Brian, <laughs> uh, what's his name? Brian. Brian Flynn. No, 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 no. Brian, the Volk other one. Vox Vice yeah. has, Nacelle, has yeah. got the Nacelle yeah. license uh, yes, to yes. produce Silverhawks. That's why I went for yep. Silverhawks. Yeah, yeah, it was a good call. It was fair, a good call. Fair call. I think we've all struck uh, I'll out. Give, I'll give uh, Trent half a point because he got half the name. It's Roboforce. Roboforce. Oh, there you go. Okay. Right. Cool. Ooh. We can go on at half points. Point, go point, on. Point five each. Yeah. <laughs> I'm never going to get invited back. <laughs> no, these are good. They're, they're, they're fair questions. Um, how many battle beasts, including laser beasts, were released? So the point will go to the cl- the number yep. that is closest. 116. 128. 110. Oh, wow. Uh, <laughs> so Mike has it. Uh, it's 112. Oh, Stan, Ben, you'll be yeah. you'll be uh, uh, ruining that in your sleep yeah. tonight. <laughs> Ben's gonna um, go home and go one, two, three. <laughs> my tongue when we were talking about the Robo Skull. Um, what pre-Cobra team of villains opposes Action Force? <sighs> Cobra la 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 la. <laughs> I just like saying it. I don't know if that's an answer or not. But <laughs> anybody else? All I can think of is Venom, but that's uh, mask. That's mask. <laughs> yeah. No, no, I don't know. Did did we talk about it? Was the name dropped? Oh, I I had to keep it out of the conversation. Right. Yeah, I was biting my tongue the entire time. I I don't know. No, I've got nothing. Yeah. Uh, it's the red shadows. Okay. Oh, okay. Sound, they sound evil and devious. <laughs> yes. Um, Metroplex was recolored blue and released in Japan in 1990 as a Decepticon. What is his name? Oh, Metroplex in blue. I know Mega Supreme was the senti- sentinel, sentinel, yeah, um, character. Um, Metroplex. No, I've got nothing, man. I'm just trying to picture it, him in blue. And- that, that's Slow a cool figure, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's, he's got he transforms into a base and a rolling vehicle thing. Mm. Um, he oh, was yeah, white. Yeah. He was white. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. White and maroon. Can't even picture him in blue. So foreign. I'm gonna go. Oh, it's a, it's uh, a beautiful figure. Uh, yeah. Let's say Decaplex. <laughs> <laughs> Blueplex. <laughs> Blueplex. <laughs> Anybody else got a guess? <laughs> nah, I got nothing. Okay, uh, it's Metro Titan. Oh. Metro Titan, I've heard. Yeah. Yes, that actually rings a bell. Yeah. There you it's go. Like, it's like I had sound, the wrong it's half like, of the name. It's like so sound, it's Soundwave, out. I'm going to call you um, sound, sound Blaster. blaster. Yeah. And uh, a Blaster, I'm going to call you Bob. Like, you 
Um, the Cops cartoon had four female characters who were never released as toys. Name one. Oh. I can picture her. I can picture the the good character. She had red hair and she wore a baseball cap, if I recall. Um, yeah. I want to say Maria, but that's also my mum's name. So, <laughs> um, sundown. So, they they roll them off in the intro. Yeah. Well, they yeah they. Um. Turbo two tone. Yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. They all get main frame. Out. Mainframe. <laughs> yep. Uh, who, who said Mirage? Did you say mainframe? All I right. said mainframe. That's a point for that. Oh, oh wow, well, there you go. <laughs> nice. Just going through the intro. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> was that the one I was thinking say, of? Did was... you say Mirage? I did say Mirage. Yeah, I'm gonna give you a half a point for that. Ooh. Because that's also one, but but because Ben got okay. it. Okay, yes, nice. good call, good okay. call. Was Mainframe the one yeah. I was thinking of, Colin, with the red hair? Um, I, that that I don't know. I actually had to do the Wikipedia thing to remember. Ah, uh, right. Well, so. Cool. Um, the other two were Misdemeanor oh, of and Nightshade. Oh, Nightshade, yes. yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. G1 yeah. Transformer that never got uh, made until mm. recently. Misdemeanor, well, what a cool segue into the next question. Oh, there you go. Watch out. I've given the answer already. <laughs> Before becoming Optimus Prime, Orion Pax was a dock worker in the old Sunblow cartoon. What was his best friend's name? Buddy? <laughs> G'day, buddy! <laughs> Mate! <laughs> uh, <laughs> Sunblow. Uh... A dock worker. <laughs> I'm just picturing him with like a, a red and white striped hat and a, a little, you know, Autobot tattoo on his shoulder. Oh, singing sea shanties. And... So what? So so he was animated in Sunbow when he was Orion Pax. Yeah, they did a. There was like a flashback episode right. where he's Orion Pax. Um, oh. He meets Megatron and he yeah. thinks yeah. Megatron is this great superstar, and then. Uh, finds out the terrible truth when Megatron kills his friend. Is it uh, is, oh, it, is wow. it Alita one? Uh, that's his girlfriend, and she's um, surely his best friend. Then <laughs> <laughs> half the point. Explicit. <laughs> um, no, don't know. Okay, uh, Dion or Dion. Or dying. He's dying in this episode. (laughs) (laughs) Spoiler alert. (laughs) Uh, G.I. Joe, a real American hero, was known for its mail-away figures. Uh, Name two. uh, Cobra Commander. (laughs) Cobra Commander and the fridge. Got it. Uh, Name two, not just the one. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you both said the same thing and then you stopped <laughs> Frank carries it over the finish yeah. Yeah. to save costs Battle Cat was a repaint of a tiger from this 1970s Big Jim Big Jim oh yeah. god you got yeah, 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 I think yeah, you did ben, the right thing yeah, Ben called his buzzed in first yeah. we just throw an answers out <laughs> To save costs, 12 of the original 13 G.I. Joe figures shared parts with each other. Who is the only figure with all unique parts? Uh, Ben, uh, I'm going with Lady J. Ooh. Uh, I'll say... Hey? Any other guesses? Um... I'm going to go with Scarlet. 
Oh, damn it. That's a point. Oh, hey. Well done. I knew it was one of the girls, so I just didn't know which oh. one came first. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Cad Bane and Sunrose uh, Shockwave share a voice actor. Name him. Who's the voice of Soundwave? Soundwave? Yeah. Was it Soundwave? And Cad Bane. Oh, and Cad Bane. Oh, I know because he was in the because the it's the same voice actor in um, Book of Boba in Book of Boba. Um, Does he voice the he voiced animated Cad, Cad as well? Bane in the Clone Wars? There you go. Okay, it's not the Clone Wars or Rebels. It was Clone Wars, wasn't it? He is. Okay. Um, is it the same guy who was Doctor Claw in Frank Welker? It's not Frank Welker. Is Frank it? Welker was Doctor Claw. Was he? I think oh, so. Okay. But when in doubt with an animated voice actor, you, uh, you just <laughs> default to. <laughs> Was it? Is it Frank Welker? It, it, it is not Frank okay. Welker. Okay. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Thought I'd stumbled upon something. <laughs> no. uh, it is Corey Burton. Ah, yes, okay. that's right. I did hear that name. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, and last one, who puts the future in your hands? Is, is this a trick the question? Tagline of a toy line. <laughs> uh, uh, oh, Captain Planet. No, that's nope. the power is yours. Uh, is ben. Oh, the power is yours. Oh, Mighty the, Max. The future is yours. Oh, nope. No. Oh. Trent, you got a guess? Toy line. What? Is, can you give me a hint with the era? Oh, you can't. Oh, no, we didn't get. Hit. I didn't say there was no cheating involved. <laughs> Here you were complaining that you're never going to live down Davey's accusation of cheating. Now you've been recorded doing exactly um, that. Future, future is in your hands. Um, I'll, I'll open it back up and give you a little bit more info. It, yep. it's from 1984, and a lot there was a very short-lived uh, Sunbow cartoon that had a lot of the same Transformer voices. It's also a is it Gobots? Nope, no, nope. no. Nope. It's actually robotics. I don't know it. No, don't you know go. that one. Oh, it's it's tremendous. It, it's one of those cartoons where if you if you close your eyes, you're, you'd swear you were listening to an unreleased uh, Transformers episode. <laughs> okay, yeah, <laughs> right. and it's uh, Peter Cullen and yeah. Michael wow. Bell and Oh, cool. Okay, nice. All right, let's uh, tell you it up. I, I reckon. Well, I'm I'm not even with the shot. It's got to be Frank. Got to be Frank. Know. Do you do you want the uh, the Who Am I? Okay, yes, uh, yes. Oh, let's do it. Yeah. This one's yeah. worth five points. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's 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 cascading, right? Yes. So if you get it if you get it right off the bat, it's it's seven points. Oh, the next oh, watch oh out. Okay. okay, I like this. Right here we go. But when you're out, you're out. None of this coming back in. <laughs> okay. nonsense. Fair enough. Who am I? Colin. It's a toy line, <laughs> and it's a 1980s toy line. So the first question, or the first uh, identifier is, I was first introduced by DC Comics in 1983 in a three-part miniseries. Mask. No. <laughs> Bye-bye. I needed the points. Yeah. I, I needed to go all in. <laughs> um, I debuted in 1984 and lasted about a year on toy shelves. DC Comics, okay. No, keep going. Keep going. <laughs> I was an attempt by model maker Ravel to get in on the action figure market. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> I 
The Four Horsemen were my fans and debuted their first three and three quarter inch exclusive at PowerCon in 2013. I know. Uh, ben Power Lords. Yep. You are correct. Yes. Oh, yes. One. Yep. Yep. And Four that Horsemen puts Ben over the yes. top and How? he is our winner. Yeah. Whoa. Look at that. I'm, I'm taking <laughs> uh, Mikey to Wagga Wagga with me. <laughs> wow. He's got, wow. He's got the trophy. Well done. <laughs> yeah, congratulations. You're Stephen Bradbury. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah, Revel Company, um, they're hard to find. Very. Those, very um, yeah, very very well done with the reversible faces and bodies. Yeah. Right. You turn them around. Yeah. <laughs> original ones are uh, really neat ideas not really well executed yeah agreed mm. yeah you know, it comes back to our kickstarter conversation because the four horsemen really did like that line they did their their power con exclusives they did a couple of new york comic con exclusives they did their main line with with um with uh, uh, uh adam power uh, and then they were going to do a second wave of it in 2017, and they just didn't get the numbers. Yeah, no, so that's yeah, while right. Mystic Legions was was doing very very well, I think was starting to do very very well at that point, and they just couldn't get the numbers to do the Power Lords. Yeah, well, wonderful. Thank you so much for that quiz. That they were really good questions, and uh, well. I know we play this game on our Discord with which is the Who Am I game, yep. and I can tell you what. I'm I'm a pretty good toy generalist, but you get into some of the details. Oh man! And boy, man, it really never it felt shows so up. dumb. Yeah, I know. Pictures of toys, right? Like, <laughs> fantastic. We've got we're just a final couple of shout outs before we wrap this episode. Um, the first one is Frank. Did you want to talk about a, a very special photo shoot that we had? Yeah. So, um, well, calm down. It's not the photo shoot you might be thinking of with an intro like that. Well, it but, is. Well, well <laughs> you see me and Ben at the front. Oh, the, that, the, the uh, legs up and everything. Yeah. Uh, no. Basically, uh, one of the things, uh, as we mentioned previously, um, thanks to our good friend Darren, um, I now have a complete Master of the Universe Classics collection, and one of the things uh, I already had probably about fifty or so of the figures. Um, that I bought from Trent a while ago um, but one of the things we thought you know what you're never going to see this in its totality like this ever again really uh, I, carded I, I, carded yeah, yeah sorry yeah. it's still in the box I, I am the guy who will unbox these things but carded we literally had in my room an entire collection carded so we thought how do we we need to record this somehow and so we made a whole lot of space in, in my garage and effectively laid out every single Master Universe Classics figure the, yeah, the, the play set your Grayskull Snake Mountain all the beasts your battle cats all of into a single photo and then had us sort of you know in there as, as a bit of a, a tribute to to darren but also just a as a bit of a toy history if you will that you're never likely to see you know in your lifetime and i was sort of standing at the back and and these two clowns were lying down the front with their supermodel poses and stuff so uh yeah it was it was nice it was it was a cathartic thing to to do as well as a bit of a technical challenge as to how how scotty was precariously placed at the top of a ladder trying to get the angles just right um but yeah so it was it was a great thing um you know and it was a bit of a out a part 
part of that tribute to uh, to Darren, saying, "Look, mate, here's here it here it is. This here is, is what it looks like. This is what yeah. it looks like. Here is yeah. your line. Here is your collection, and it's it's in the one photo. And so. it was a bit of unfinished business for Darren. He never quite had the space to display right. something like that. So it was all in different you know parts uh, of his house. Um, so to sort of we did want to do something like this with one of his collections because he had so many beautiful complete collections that we wanted to kind of put together mm. and, and enjoy that moment of having it all together so that was the one we decided to to do it with and it was it was a very special night after a lot of the toy sorting we've been doing to mm. have have a bit of fun fun with a few so, beers and yeah. stuff so look out for that uh, coming soon to a uh, facebook and uh, social media platform near what, you ben the real so, question is what are you going to do with all the money you earn from the modeling career that's about to come out of those uh, those shots the, the, because boy i'll, I'll be i'll be uh, hidden by the barcode sacks, I just, think, just, just like like uh, Mike Wazowski. I'll be like, oh, I'm on the front cover. But it'll just be my feet high and the rest of my body and face will be hidden by the barcode. Um, yeah, nah, that's it. Yeah, Sexy Sax is uh, retired when I was a teenager. So, yeah, that still name still haunts me, you know? Um, all right. A- anyway, moving on to uh, more grounded news. Uh, this is my last episode for about... Uh, uh, four weeks um, I've been told I can't get a straight answer out of work exactly <laughs> when my uh, ETA back into um, home grounds is so yeah this is uh, my last episode it was postponed from a few weeks ago so that was exciting to uh, be here in this uh, Toy Power studio for the 250th episode and um, help out the guys you know uh, for the these few weeks and get, get in part of that photo shoot that yeah, was exciting I was cool. um, concerned I was going to miss that but yeah here I am uh, but it is happening. I am excited to do this, uh, take this adventure for work. Uh, thank you, Scotty, for filling in to um, keeping my seat warm. Don't do too good of a job because I, <laughs> I want to uh, come back into the studio <laughs> when I get back. But yeah, I'm, I, thank you. Um, wishing you all the best, Scott. And um, I can't wait to sort of be on the outside and listen in. You know, not knowing what's the, coming. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm. I don't know what my internet's like. I told one of the guys at uh, work who. Uh, is sorting out our accommodation and things. And I'm like, if I don't have good Wi-Fi, I'm going to walk home. Like, I'm, just, I'm just letting you know now. So uh, get that sorted. Nice. Very uh, so, good. yeah, thanks. Well, wish good you luck, all the guys. best. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Get, get the store sorted. And Colin, thank you so much for joining us today. Always a thank pleasure. You. Yeah, It's always a thrill to to wake up at 6.30 in the morning <laughs> to join you guys on, on this. Uh, and I, I mean that genuinely. Uh, it's been the, it's the highlight of the weekend. For yeah. Me. Oh, it's nice. an early start, but we were all looking forward to it immensely and we always get so much out of our conversations together and um, wonderful knowledge that you have and can share with all our audience so thank you again colin for joining us next time i'll break out the breakfast beer so wonderful thank you so much for everyone for tuning into another episode of toy power and for all your support and to our patrons thank you so much again for all the chatter on the discord we really love all the interactions we hope you're all staying safe and well and we'll see you around the toy aisles and until next time good journey you can find the Toy Power team at all the usual online places. Facebook.com slash Toy Power Podcast, at Toy Power Podcast on both Twitter and Instagram, or have your say and email us, toypowerpodcast at gmail.com. Subscribe to the show on both iTunes and Stitcher, and please leave us a review. Otherwise, we just assume we're awesome.